0: Good day, Fellowship family. It's great to have you here. Uh, as we get into God's Word now, I just want to give you a little bit of background. We're beginning a series called Way of Life, and we're going to be going through the Sermon on the Mount. And that actual series begins next week, but the reading plan begins tomorrow. So I would really encourage you to pick up one of these reading plans on your way out, and it'll guide you through the reading. And I'll actually be preaching... Uh, through the passages that you've read through the week. And, uh, we'll, we'll go deeper with what you, what you spend in your time with the Lord. This, uh, past year, I had a time to get away and to really try to listen to the Lord and His leading in our, in our church. And I kind of disconnected from ministry stuff and went away and just listened for a week and thought, uh, God, where do you have us as a church family? Where do you have us going in the new year? And one of the key phrases that just came back as I was spending time in God's word was, Joe, are you listening? Are you listening to me? Amongst all the other voices that are happening in your life right now, whether they're critical, whether they're affirming, whether they're friends or family or whatever else, are you listening to me? And I kept, I couldn't get over that phrase over the course of this year. And so I thought, wow, this would be a great opportunity for us to, as a church family, listen to the Lord. Because really, when we listen to the Lord, we're we're getting to know him, we're getting to understand him. And you don't love someone you don't know or don't understand. And so the more we listen to God, the more we're going to love him, the more we're going to be called into his family of love and truth and joy and blessing. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this at this time. And uh, as as we do that, I just want to again ask the question and I know many of us don't don't do it this way, but really me talk to God really he's really speaking to me. Because I know we come to this topic on On a variety of perspectives. Some of us said, Man, I've never been walking and see a burning bush and heard the voice of God. Joe, go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. No. Many of us have not had that. And I probably question whether or not if that was really God's leading in your life. But then there's other people who think God is talking to them all the time. I mean, in everything, even driving around the parking lot at Walmart. God, I need a spot. And oh, thank you. And people say there isn't a God you know, and then there's others, others of us who wind around Walmart and we never find that spot and we wonder, God, is there something I've done? (laughs) The reality is God is speaking. God is speaking. When someone comes to me and says, Joe, God told me to, I'm always nervous. My heart rate goes up because crimes have been committed when someone said that, right? And you're a little afraid of that but you know God is speaking and he begins it begins when we open up God's word and so i want to go to God's word and uh and kind of show you just from our reading plan this week what was God saying and we're in the life of Jesus, and it's kind of a transitionary time in the book of Matthew. It goes from, it goes from uh, his, the birth announcement in Matthew 1, 2, and part of 3, and then chapters 3 and 4, it goes to preparing us for, for the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is going to talk, perhaps the greatest sermon ever preached in the history of preaching. And uh, I couldn't get over how Jesus was listening to his heavenly Father. And it's going to be instructive for us to take a look at what was happening. And it'll give us reasons why we need to listen to God. And by the way, before I I begin on this, don't you want to hear from God? I've not met a Christian who's not wanted to hear from God in some way. To have God tell him, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm going to get you through this. We all have that longing, right? It begins. Listening begins when we open God's word. One of the first things I see that happens when we listen to God is we're reminded that we're loved. Jesus, in his life, he's baptized by a guy named John the Baptist. John the Baptist's motto was, Jesus must become greater, I must become less. And what a motto. I mean, I want that motto. Where it's all about Jesus, it's not about me. I'm decreasing as he's increasing in my life. But as John the Baptist brought Jesus out of the water after he baptized him, the voice from heaven, look at Matthew 3, 17. It says, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I love that statement. Such an affirming statement from the heavenly father to his son. I love you. I'm pleased with you. By the way, if you're a parent, that's the number one thing your kids love hearing from you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. What child? And we're all children, right? Doesn't love to hear that from our parents. And you know, every time I open the word, I'm reminded God loves me. Old Testament, new. It's the love of God that rescued his people out of Egypt. It's the love of God that, and his stubborn love that stayed with Israel when they were worshiping other gods. It's the love of God that spoke into the silence of 400 years with the birth of Jesus. God loves us. And it was the love of God who demonstrated his love to us in that while we were still sinners, while we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us. God has been loving us. How do you know God loves you? Open the word. He'll tell you he loves you. Another thing that that happens when we're listening to God is we're protected from temptation. After Jesus was baptized, he goes out into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days. Fasting means he didn't eat for 40 days. Folks, I think we'd struggle with 40 minutes after this message not to eat, right? He did for 40 days. And at that end, Satan tempted him. Fascinating. He's tempted three times by Satan. And he combated Satan with God's word. And when Jesus spoke the word of God, Satan fled. Look at this. He says, after Satan said to him, Hey, if you're really God... Turn these stones into bread. Now, Jesus could have done that. He could have turned, he could have coughed and they would have turned into bread. But instead, if he would have done that, he would have taken authority, he would have taken leadership by Satan and not his heavenly father. And he said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He used the word of God to defend himself. Follower of Jesus, we need to be people who have God's word In our hearts, that when we go through temptation, we're able to stand. Case in point, Eve is in the garden. It was a perfect existence. God said to Adam and Eve, I got all these trees for you, but there's just this one, and it's in the center. You don't eat from that tree. Because if you eat from it, you'll surely die. So Satan tempts Eve, and he said, what did God say? Eve said, God said that we can eat of all these trees, but if we eat of that tree, we'll surely die. Satan says, You'll not surely die. She's quiet. She buys the lie. And she eats the fruit. She passes it to her husband. He eats the fruit. They didn't, they didn't respond to Satan with the word of God, with the voice of God. And they fell. And the world has never been the same, and we've never been the same ever since that. Jesus is tempted. Satan even takes God's word and twists it, puts a twist on it on the second temptation. And Jesus said, no, 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 don't put the Lord your God to a test. He responded. The first Adam was silent. The second Adam, Jesus responded and stood with, by the authority of the word. When Jesus spoke, the very word of God was spoken. And it protects us from temptation. When we have the word of God in our hearts, when we memorize the word of God, and that's why I always encourage you, memorize God's word, because you're not always going to have it open in front of you, but you're always going to be tempted. And it's good to have that. I I encourage you, let's... I don't know the area that you're tempted in right now, but there's a passage from God's word that's going to speak to you. If you're listening, it would be good to memorize that passage. And then listening to God, it also aligns me to God's kingdom. We continue with the life of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many of you came from a church where repent was a two syllable word? Repayant. Was that anyone? No? Okay. Well, I grew up in a church like that. We just need to repent, you know, fire and brimstone a little bit. What does repentance mean? Repentance means turning. Turning from sin to trust and follow Christ. So there's not believing without repentance. Because you don't go, yes, Jesus, you lived and died for me. You rose again for me. But I'm going to keep going my own way. No, that it just doesn't go with you believing in who Jesus really is. So we're all called to repent from our sins so that we can turn to christ when you're headed down the road this afternoon and whoever's driving they take a wrong turn just go repent they may not know what you mean but you know what you mean right it means turn around i mean stop heading in that direction it's the wrong way and turn and and follow jesus and that's what jesus did when when you open god's word you're aligned it's almost that if i hear in the back of my voice when i open up god's word recalculating right because it's cause not Siri, but God's word, the spirit is recalculating in my life. It's showing me a different kingdom. No longer the kingdom of this world, but the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus called me to that kingdom. And then when we listen to God, it invites us into his work. Let's continue continuing the life of Jesus. Look at chapter 4, verse 19. Andrew and Peter brothers in fishing business they probably had that business from generations on the sea of galilee and when i visited the sea of galilee a few years back i could just see this happening you, you just look at that shoreline you can see guys fishing and jesus called out to him when you fishing when they were fishing and he said hey follow me and i will make you fishers of men and it says this immediately they dropped their nets they followed him Then they come along, James and John, they're fishing too. Hey, follow me, and I'll make you fishers. Immediately, they followed him. When Jesus speaks, right? Church, listen, listen. Are we listening to him? Because when you open up the word, God is going to invite you into his work. Man, I don't feel like my life matters. I don't feel like my life has purpose. Open up God's word. You'll be called into his work. That's how God calls us. And then listening to God finally instructs me in God's way. Right before the Sermon on the Mount, we're shown the popularity of Jesus. Look what it says about him. He went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction among the people. Wow, this is someone This Jesus really has authority when he speaks, diseases leave people. When he proclaims, he proclaims the very truth of God. I mean, this guy is a powerful teacher. He's a healer. But you know, we see this when we open up God's word. We're instructed by him. That was another thing I looked at when I was in the Holy Land. I went up into to, to Galilee and around the, the Sea of Galilee are these cities like uh, Capernaum. And Capernaum has, a, has a, a synagogue there. When I walked in that synagogue, and I, I know it was in ruins, but that was a synagogue where Jesus was teaching. I wondered what did he teach in this place? Then I went to Magdal, and Magdal, this was a city, and you may have heard of Mary Magdalene. Well, she was from Magdal, but up to this point, they had never found the city of Magdal. So skeptics always questioned, is the Bible true? Is it really a place like that, or was it made up by the church? And then 15 years ago, they were trying to build a hotel on the Sea of Galilee, and they hit something in digging. They had to stop, and they unearthed the whole city of Magdal, got the mud out, guess what there was there? There was a synagogue. And I walked at, walked on the ruins of that synagogue and thought, what was Jesus teaching here? Because his authority was huge. And when we go to the word of God, we're instructed in his way. We're called to follow him. We're called to learn, not just learning for, for information's sake, but for transformation's sake. So let's Let's pull this together, okay? If when I open the Word, I'm reminded that God loves me, that I'm protected from falling into temptation, that I'm aligned to God's kingdom, I'm invited into His work, and I'm instructed into God's way, then why? Why in the world wouldn't we want to listen to God in His Word? What could be Is there anything more important than listening to God in our lives? What's more essential than to listen to God on a daily basis by opening up his word? And I know those are all slow pitches because you're in church, right? Those are all rhetorical questions. Nothing, right? Nothing could be more important than me getting into God's word and listening to him. And the truth is nothing could be unless... Unless that's actually the central strategy of Satan's work in our lives. Some of us like to paint Satan as this guy with, you know, horns and demons and, you know, red. And just stay away. Don't do those things. You just stay away from those things. Satan's going to run from you. Don't worry about that. But what if it was more covert than that? What if he just wants to distract you or overwhelm you or discourage you or cloud you or create noise in your life? So you ignore the voice of God. I think that's the issue with a vast majority of us. We get busy. The kids are always crying. The husband's always demanding something. (laughs) The boss always wants one more report. I'm too busy to pray. I'm too swamped to get into God's word. There's no way you could. I'm Joe. You went to seminary. I have not. I mean, you get paid to do this. I don't we can make up all the excuses unless there's something else going on, unless there really is a stronger force in our lives that is clouding us and keeping us distracted from what God wants to say to us. I found we all have to be intentional to hear the voice of God. And he hasn't gone anywhere. The word hasn't walked out of your house. (laughs) We might have walked away from him and we all need to come back. So, now that we talked about why, let's talk about how. Because I think I can think of no better practices than for all of us to make room, make space, give margin in our lives so that we might be in a position that as God is speaking to us, we might be able to hear it and respond to it. And so, what I want to talk to you about now is how to do that, how to clear away the distractions. How to confess your heart to the Lord and how to open up God's word. Let's take a look at this. Number one, what I do to get into the word, to listen to God, is I try to clear away the distractions of my life. And as I do this, I need to be reminded of where is God in this equation, right? What is his thoughts towards me? And I love what Psalm 53, 2 says. It says, God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. I know he kind of goes figurative language here, but can you see it? God is looking over heaven and he's looking on earth going, is anyone seeking me? What's on God's mind? Are you seeking him today? What's God's desire? Will you seek me? Joe, will you seek me today? God longs to be with us. He loves to be with his kids. He loves to talk to us. We've got to clear away the distractions to hear him. And then another one in Psalm 81, verse 13. This is really the heart of God. He goes, oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. Now, you got to be careful on how you read this. You don't want to go, oh, that my people would listen to me. No, it's got to be, oh, man, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. And what this means is we don't just go to the word to be informed. We go to the word to be transformed. And that's what God wants to do when we spend time with him. When he speaks to us, he wants to transform us with his word. And so we need to clear away distractions. So let me give you a target on distractions. What I do to clear away distractions, I clear away distractions in order to give God my attention. Now, if you live in this world, which you all do, attention is a premium, right? And what I mean by attention, to look at someone in their eye when they're talking to you, to not be distracted, to not go squirrel when you're reading or something like that, right? But you're giving attention and you're honoring someone by listening. I want to talk to you about three words I use to clear away distractions. Number one is a time. Second one is a place. And the third one is a a process. First one is time. I don't know what time you'll meet with God, but I have to put it on my agenda. And most mornings, I hit it. It's because I've been intentional about it. And I'm not any better than anyone in this room. So it's going to take all of us to be intentional. For me, it's 6.30 in the morning. I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and I go to a place. And the place is my living room and there's a recliner. And it's probably the only time I'm sitting in that recliner, just where it is situated in the room, is when I'm listening to the Lord and when I'm opening up his word. And so I'll go to that recliner and I'll sit down in that recliner. But here's the deal. I've got to do that. I've got it. It's got to be a place and a time or else I don't do it. I know some of you are more creative and you go, oh, I don't like to be limited to a recliner. Well, God bless you. Well, God bless you in that. I've just found that it's got to be intentional for me. It's got to be intentional for me. And then here's my process. I, and I've tried it But I put my iPad to the side. I take my smartphone, which really, after all these years, hasn't made me more smarter. And I've put it to the side. And I've gone old school. I've just gone print, okay? And I get my Bible. And I get my reading plan. And I open this up, and I read. I begin to read. Now, I'll tell you why I do that. Because before, I just open up my my iPad, and while I was sleeping, it's amazing. Incredible things were happening in the world. And on Facebook, I mean, so-and-so's birthdays today. Wish them happy birthday. Boy, this app is out of date. You better update it right now. You, you're not going to be up to date. you got to do that early in the morning, or you're going to miss out. So-and-so, it just they got engaged last night. So-and-so just shared way too much information on their health issue. Okay. And I would read that before I would listen to God and that would have a dulling effect on my life. And so I've just had to separate from those things. They're not evil. I'm not preaching against them. So no one quote me on this. I'm just telling, I had to clear away the distractions in my life and so that I could clearly see and give God my attention. And I will just say this, whether it's God or my wife Or my kids Or my church family Or my friends Relationships always go deeper When I give them attention When I give them my undivided Whole heart It's amazing how relationships grow It's amazing how I listen better When there's not squirrel going on Or when there's not Oh so and so just sent me this We need to clear away the distractions And once I clear away the distractions Here's what I say God you got me got my attention. That's all I say when I sit down. Then I confess my heart. Um, All this means is I go, God, this is what's real about me right now. And why is this important? I found that if I come to God's word burdened by sin or worried by life, that I tend to look for what I want in God's word rather than what he wants for me. I've also realized that I can, if I come in with a, a, a secret sin that I haven't confessed to the Lord, which he knows about, okay? But if I'm living, uh, you know, an inauthentic life and I'm carrying sin in my life, I will read the scriptures the way I want to hear the scriptures. I remember counseling a guy several years back. And he said, Joe, I opened up my Bible and it said, get out. So that's why I'm divorcing my wife. I said, "No, you've, you've used the Bible as a horoscope. Stop, because that's not the pa- what passage. I don't know. Could never go back to it, but I know God wants me to get out of this." I said, "I don't think that's God talking to you. I think that's you talking to God, and we can do that. And I wish I could tell you I've never used Scripture for my own means, but I have." And that's why I've got to clear away and confess my heart to the Lord. But look at the spirit in which we do this. Psalm 139 really gives the target for it. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Boy, that's a vulnerable life, right? God, I'm open to it. If you want to really look at my heart right now. And I may not like what you see but I'm going to follow you with it. So what I'll do during this time is I'll just confess, Lord, this is what's worrying me. This is what I'm anxious about. This is what I'm nervous about. If there's a person that I'm struggling with, I'll name it to God. Now, no one else sees this, okay? And I don't post anything on Facebook with this person. It's just with God. But I found here that when... I name the person to God, I'm less tempted to gossip about that person without God. If I can say, God, I'm really struggling with that email from that person. I'm really struggling by that criticism. And I know you don't want me to get revenge on them, right? I I know. Revenge is yours. (laughs) And it's even changed my heart from praying God, get them, amen, (laughs) to... To really saying, God, help me understand their perspective a little bit more. Because God starts getting a hold of my heart when I'm confessing to him. If there's sin, I lift that up to him. But here's here's the target here. It's not that you just confess for confession's sake. You confess to be covered by him. Because you have a heavenly father who's saying, come on. Come on in. And I'll cover you on this. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you never live your life uncovered by the work of Christ. So when you come to Christ and you sin, your sin is covered. Your relationship is hindered. So to restore that relationship, you confess your sin. You say, God, I see what you see, and it's not good, and I don't want that anymore. So I trust you on this. Forgive my sin. As, as uh, 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You have a heavenly father who said, man, you're burdened. I see the burdened. I see it every day. Come to me, confess your sin. You'll be covered. I forgive you. And it's amazing how when I just uh, step away from those distractions, clear away those distractions and start confessing my heart before the Lord, how open and teachable I am to hear the Lord. And that's that third step. Once you've done that, once you've cleared away and so that you give God your attention and once you confess your sins, so that you're covered by God's grace Then open up the word now. I'll just be honest with you. How long does this take? Clearing away distractions now doesn't take me anything. It used to be a big task, but i've just learned how to do it over time Confessing my heart. Well, that's a different matter some mornings. I wake up. Everything's great It doesn't take long other mornings. It takes because i've slept with anger and I've had to forgive people when I woke up. I've had to seek God or trust him more with things I'm anxious or worried about. Sometimes that takes a little bit longer, but usually not a, not a lot. As you live in grace, you run to grace. But then you open up God's word. And here you go. Look at Psalm 119, verse 10. It says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. That's really, that's really key, isn't it? Because when you open up God's word, you seek and you find him. That's one of the key values of opening up God's word is that when you open it, you find him. And once you find him, you follow him. By the way, that's the mission of Fellowship Bible Church is to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. We're here to help you do that. And one of the ways that you can do that when you're not here is just open up God's word and to seek him. Now, we have an acronym that we uh, call everybody into. We've been doing this for several years. It's just an easy way to do it. And again, if you have your own system that's been really effective for you and you're listening to God on a daily basis, again, God bless you. That's great. This is not to compete with you. But here's what I found. As I talk with followers of Jesus, they struggle to to get wrapped up in all the hurry and busyness of this world that they forget to listen to the voice of God. When I talk to people who are depressed because of what people have called them or said to them and that the voice of others have crowded out the voice of God, I think we all need a practice that when we open the word, we're ready to hear from God. I think about this. We call it REAP. And what it means is you take the first letter of each one of those of, of that word and you go read, you read God's word, you a, E, you examine it, you A, you apply it, and P, you pray God's word over your life. Let's take a look at them. When I open up God's word, I have to be intentional on how I read. And I'll tell you why. Because most of what we read today are sound bites. They're sound bites. They're a tweet. How you doing? Fine. Click. You know, and so we just read in phrases. And many of us talk in phrases. Doing okay? Huh? Yeah? Huh? We talk like that. Especially if you're raising an adolescent. You know what I'm talking about. Right? But it takes attention. It takes intention for us to actually slow down and listen. We're not used to reading paragraphs anymore. And when we open up the Word and we read a chapter... A lot of times our eyes are skipping around that. So I just have to slow my reading down. And I know speed readers don't like this, but I actually quietly mouth out the words that I'm reading. It just slows me down and it helps me be thorough to listen. Otherwise, I'm easily distracted. And once I read God's word, then I examine. And here's some of the questions I ask myself while I'm examining what I just read. I ask, who is God in this passage? What is he doing? What is he saying? And I don't just go for, what is he saying to me? I just go, what did he say to that person? Or what is he doing in their lives? And it's really helpful for me to do this. Otherwise, I just go, God, what can you do for me today? Rather than to really understand how God has been talking to other people besides me. Who is God? As we read through, This whole passage in the life of Jesus, who is Jesus, would be a good question to ask yourself. Who is he? Well, he is someone whom the heavenly father affirmed with, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. He is the one that John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. And yet he wants to be baptized by me. He was someone who called people. And when he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, immediately, they left everything to follow him. He was someone who calls me to repent, to turn from my way and to trust in his way for me. This is Jesus. What is he doing? He's calling people. Jesus wants a relationship with me. What is he saying? Follow me. That's where I kind of just came down to that one summary statement. Jesus is asking me to follow him more than anything else in my life. And as I think through, then now I move, now I move to myself. What does this mean to me? And it always comes down to a statement like this God is going to call me out of something, and he's going to call me into something better. And for me, this is what I came with I can only be a good leader as I'm a great follower of Jesus. If you take a look at the people who followed Jesus, they were great followers. You look at all the names that followed Jesus and most of them died for their faith in him. I want to be like that. I want to be someone that as soon as Jesus says something to me, immediately I follow him. I don't try to make sense of it. I don't try to feel like it. I don't try to make excuses for why I don't want to follow him. I want to be someone who simply and humbly follows him. So he's, he's going to call me out of self-significance and selfishness. And he's calling me into humility and serving him. Every time God opens his word, he's going to call you out of something. And then here's some other questions. Is there a promise that that I can engage here? Yeah, Jesus is the king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. It's his kingdom that he wants on earth as it is in heaven. It's his kingdom in my life. It's his kingdom in my family. It's his kingdom at my church. It's his kingdom with my friendships. It's his kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's not going to be about me. Is there a situation to endure? So many times you're going through a situation and if you just follow the pattern of this world, you quickly unfriend them or you walk away because you don't want to endure with them. Yet love grows when you endure. Faithfulness deepens when you endure with someone. And so God is going to call me to endure in relationships, in places. And I've always got to think through that. The New Testament church endured. Endured through suffering, when people didn't want them? Is there a sin I need to escape? Is there anything there that God is calling me to step away from, to run from? See, if I'm listening to the Lord, he's going to be telling me some of those things. And then I pray. And I pray and I just ask God, God, leave me in this area, or God, thank you for showing this to me, God, I need help because right now I don't want to follow you in this area. For me, that person is too valuable for me to walk away from that relationship. I just feel, I would feel lonely if I didn't have that person in my life. And we use those excuses. But we pray and we ask for his help as he empowers us to do that. So here's here's the thing God speaks to us, and we begin to hear from him when we open his word. I'd love it if you, however God's going to lead you in these areas, for you to clear away the distractions, confess your heart to the Lord, and open up God's word. Over the next 12 weeks, this backdrop is kind of showing us the picture of it. We're going to be talking about the way of life that Jesus has for us. And we're going to be going through the Sermon on the Mount for 12 weeks. We're going to be slowing down. We're going to be clearing away the distractions because there's a lot of distractions on the way that he's going to call us to. There's a lot of diversions. There's a lot of obstacles in the way that Jesus is going to call us. It's a narrow path. And we need the waypoints of Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about the waypoint that Jesus is going to show us and lead us into. And then you'll read that on Monday through your reading plan. And then Tuesday through Sunday are all the other passages around the scriptures that kind of unfold what Jesus was teaching about, that shows you the whole counsel of God, the whole heart of God on that topic. And so rather than just hearing one thing from Jesus, you can hear the whole counsel of God. So it's going to require us to clear away a lot of distractions to open up God's word and to hear from him. But I know this. Now when we do that, we're going to hear from him. And when you do that, you're going to hear from him. And he's going to lead you to a life that's fulfilled and satisfied and enjoys and takes pleasure in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly father, thanks for your word today and thanks that you speak to us through opening up your word and listening and lord However, it's going to look this week. I pray for everyone you brought to this room today And I would ask that they would clear away the distractions lord You would give them an appetite that would make your voice better than all the noise of this world Lord that they'd be open and vulnerable and authentic before you that they stop hiding and run to you your heavenly Father, who longs to cover us with forgiveness. And Lord, when you open up the word there, Lord, I pray that you would teach them and speak to them. Begin with me, heavenly Father. Transform us. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen.